I remember a time of plenty when the world was full of sequels and sidequels and prequels and reboots and reimaginings. Now all of that is gone. I'm left with a few random artifacts from the great pop culture implosion. We were so excited when they did that massive JLA Avengers Freddy Saw Predators Aliens Hangover 4 mashup movie. If we had only known that it was going to create the pop culture mind sink that it did. What the hell were we thinking? We've got to rebuild this. We've got to be careful. We've got to have solid foundations. You can't throw zombies and sexy vampires into everything. Even though it seems like it's going to be a delicious breakfast cereal, you just can't do it. We're going to do it right this time. Oh, God, I need a gummy bear. You're listening to nothing but the best of Geek Radio. You're listening to The Action Room at 98.9 FM. That's great. Thank you so much. God bless you, Producer Mike. How, tell us, how, how do you have that golden voice? Well, Producer Mike, uh, the voice just became something of a development over the years, and then alcohol and comic books and sci-fi and all that really nerdy stuff became a part of my life and uh, really, really destroyed it. So are you trying to say that we should be homeless to get some success here? That's what I'm saying, Producer Mike. I'm saying if only you and I were homeless out on the street doing this radio show on a highway, we might get someone to pay us for doing the action. You know what was funny? My friend... I'm the golden-voiced non-homeless man. (laughs) Homeless uh, geek. What was was funny, my friend gave me an idea for a sketch that I think is hysterical. Yeah. Is that we should go out on the street and talk to the homeless people and tell them we're looking for the next radio host, you know? <laughs> and have them have them have them like read these like radio ad, you know, adverts right, or whatever. Right. That and you know they're all gonna sound like bleh, bleh, you know. <laughs> so it'd be pretty funny. Wow. Right, so okay, so we, I'm I'm Tony Wolf. I'm producer Mike. We just watched the premiere two hour episode oh, of The boy. Cape. Yes. Okay, we're not gonna get into it right yet. Okay. First off, I want to just uh, say, this is awesome. I am so happy that Mark Zuckerberg has been found out to be the sham that he. <laughs> I always thought he was. And tell us exactly what you mean, okay. Producer Mike. Um, thank you. <laughs> so uh, the, a, mem- uh, a memo was released, was right. leaked. Was leaked. Um, Goldman and Sachs just gave them $500 million. Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs. What is that, anyway? Goldman and Sachs. That's uh, <laughs> a huge financial institution. Okay, okay. Anyway, so... Um, a big money bank. Facebook says Mark Zuckerberg, he's private. He's a private company, so he never has to say really what he's worth. Mm, he just mm. says that he's worth $50 million, and people have to believe it because right. he's it's private, and you know, and he keeps pushing back going public and stuff, so he never has to show anything. So we saw in these leaked documents that they only made about... First of all, when you say you're worth $50 million, that means you have to... $50 billion, you have to be worth even more than that the years you know after that like in, in Why the years is that? well because you're saying you're worth 50 billion now right you have to be worth even more down the road okay so the whole thing is they only made about a billion mm-hmm. now that's a lot of money but that's nowhere near what they said that they were worth right. so the whole point is like well the real question is how does facebook make any money that's the whole point 
And and also How do they even make that billion? Exactly. Well, I guess through advertisements or whatever, and supposedly that's revenue, that's not profit. Mm. So the whole point is that Zuckerberg is a sham. He's he's a Harvard smug uh, Nazi. <laughs> uh, just he's like another Bar- Bernie Madoff. I'm so glad that you know. And this is the other thing. Ten years before, and I said this before, when I was part of a dot com, right. and there was that big boom of the of the internet. Of and the everybody, dot coms. Everybody was putting money into the stuff, thinking into the internet, thinking the this was going to be the next bubble thing. burst. And it's about to burst again. So uh, I'm just really happy for this. And this also goes into the other uh, topic that we wanted to talk about, which was Patton Oswalt yes. saying that geek culture is dead. And uh, basically... And Patton Oswalt is a geek, so he uh, yeah. feels strongly about this. He, he is... Now, he did it in a kind of comedic way right. to not really commit to the idea, I guess. But I think he believes Well, he in wrote it. a big essay about it, too. Yeah, yeah. It was a big rambly essay. That basically was saying what that which everything is too available now. Right, he came up with an acronym that stood for something like "everything is readily available forever, always, all the time." Now I'll, I'll say that that's uh, and you've been talking about that for a while. Yeah, I mean, look, man, I, all I can say is Patton Oswalt. We all consider him a genius. Yeah, it, smart people are starting to agree with me. Okay, so <laughs> here's the thing. Now, if you didn't think I was smart, at least listen to these other people. But um, but the other thing is, uh, okay, so he had a little clip, and we played it at the beginning of the show, uh-huh. where it's just this, you know, he's in this wasteland, right. and there's nothing of but... geek culture. Yeah, 2,600 cartridges from Atari and stuff are all strewn about and stuff. And, uh, you know, we'll do it better next time, you know? And it's like, it's just sad because we just, I just saw an article, and you said that this is a common thing, and I understand, where it was like all these details and facts about the uh, X-Men First Class trade before it's yeah. come out i was like this is awesome and i'm just thinking it's like do we need all this though you well know, come on hold on i don't think that's a fair uh to have a, a, an eagerly anticipated movie and have a text description of the first trailer the first footage anyone's ever gonna see that's a big deal i think that's cool that's been on sites like ain't it cool news and other sites for the last 10 years but talk about spoilers i mean it's like just at least see the trailer without a spoiler uh, I mean, well now, i don't think that's too much but i have to say and as, that's not anything new as much as whether it's new or not this is exactly what Patton Oswalt's talking about though it's just oh, like come on that's different no no, no, it's all the same. I mean, no, why? I don't think so. Why is that not? Why is that any different? It's the it's the idea that too too many things are are discussed and and readily available, and that you can't just like nothing becomes special anymore. Everything is just there for the taking. No, it's I just, don't. I don't think. Although I agree with you in many respects, I, I don't think a little you know a taste of knowledge about an eagerly anticipated movie is not that big a deal. Yeah, but again, a taste of knowledge like it, the way it was back in the day is a lot different than a taste of knowledge well, on the internet. True. Yeah. But along those lines, even you, someone who loves spoilers, has recently called it off. And uh, I, Well, I find I genuinely, producer Mike used to tease me a lot because I would soak up all the information about all these movies and I would read the leaks and I would read the, uh, you know, any, any news. And I said, I would often know the plot of the movie before the movie said, came out. I said, why don't you one time just like not? Not right. at all take in any of the spoilers and just enjoy the film for what it is. Now, recently, surprisingly... Well, over time, I found that I genuinely became less interested, naturally disinterested in all these spoilers, and I just want to see it when I see it. Cool. But it wasn't It wasn't to make a big stand. It was just... I you just got tired of it. Was, got tired of it, yeah. All right. That's awesome. Certain things I want to see leaks and certain things I don't. Okay. So in the remaining minutes of the show... Yes. Um, I oh, bo- the cape. The cape. But before I want to talk about the cape, I do want to you talk... You want to talk about Nightman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, you reminded me. Well, okay. Before we get okay. into that, I just want to say... 
Uh, big ups to uh, another amazing two-hour episode of uh, uh, Now I Can't, Human Target. Which is ah, yes. this you show? Like that show. This show is so amazing, and I I stated, two hour episode they did. Well, here's the deal. Yeah, they're doing that a lot. It seems I I stated it on our Facebook when someone asked, you know, should I get into this? That was a friend of mine. Yeah, and I basically said there's a there's a few reasons why the Human Target is so incredible. Right. First of all, it comes back. It's it's very retro. It goes back to the 80s yes. when everything was episodic, and so you can just shows kind of, like the Equalizer. You, you can miss three weeks of the show and still be fine with right. it. There's no arc in, in What was that, that show, good. Hawk? There was a show about Hawk, right? Maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Hawk was a dude. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, it's got that. It's got amazing characters, amazing right. acting, and it's got comedy and drama. Mm. It's not one or the other. It's both. Um, it's not so cool for school the way Hawaii Five O is. It's it's just it's clumsy right. enough to be raw and just entertaining. The action is fucking amazing. Wow, and that's and, based on a comic book, you know. Yeah, and the other thing about it is they have a theme song intro that a lot of shows don't have, although I think they're coming back a little bit. Theme song but, intros, yeah. Yeah, the Human Target one, I'm not, it's just so amazing. The visuals, really? it is awesome. It's So does he dress up in a different costume? He takes on a different identity? Kind like of. the Human Target? Yeah, it's got the MacGyver kind of thing a little right. bit. Uh, or not okay. MacGyver, uh, Quantum Leap. Yeah. But the real quick thing about it is, in this last episode, it had this the old school to be continued at the end. Ah. And then... They went into another hour episode right after. I don't know why they played it out like that. Which was not the second part? Yeah, it was the second part. Oh. And it was awesome. And it was just like, oh, okay. I loved it. All right. But anyway. Um, the Cape. The Cape. We laughed a lot at The Cape. Okay. If you weren't alive during the 90s <laughs> crap superhero stuff, you get to experience The Cape. It was a total retro 90s Sam Raimi, Darkman, uh, <laughs> Nightman, N- Nightman. You were reminded Viper. me. Viper. I never saw that show. That yeah. that was the lamest opening. People have to check out the Nightman. It's from a show from 1997 or yeah. so. Nightman on YouTube. Um, it's it's awful. It's Dick, Dick Tracy green lighting now, with like. I will say that of the Capes two hour premiere. I don't know. Was that supposed to be one long two hour episode or just two episodes? I think one long two hour. Episode. All right. Well, the first episode wasn't awful, and yeah. the first half hour was almost well written yeah. to a large degree. But then it just quickly degenerated into uh, the costume is ridiculous. Every time the camera shows him and it's supposed to be a dramatic shot, it's just laughable. But also, I mean... Keith David is great, though, as the uh, circus mentor. Yeah, I was excited to... It has a good sense of humor. Yeah, I mean, I was excited the fact that even though I wasn't a fan of the 90s, Danny Elfman scored kind right, of right. Batman-y kind of stuff. If Danny Elfman didn't write this, he should sue them <laughs> because it's totally yeah. a ripoff. But that style I hated back then, but it was kind of it was kind of nice to see that now. Right. Except this just moves so fast and it just kind of it just bumbles through everything and just like yeah. everything is fine, everything is okay, everything can get done and he looks ridiculous in the costume. He looks ridiculous <laughs> and Chess the villain while a while a, a decent amusing actor, the contact lens and the, his whole chess motif are just too ridiculous. All right, thumbs down, two thumbs down. Thumbs down for the cape. We did laugh a lot, though. Yeah, it was fun to make fun of. But not and that's sh- what the onions actually said too. They just said, yeah, make fun of it. Not a show that I want to see again. Unlike, I just wonder why it why it got made. But the superhero thing. They that's needed all. A, an ordinary family antidote. I was going to say. It's it's funny, but not funny enough to watch as as a joke the way mm. No Ordinary Family and V are. Right. So th- right. those are shows I want to see again. I don't want to see this again. Oh boy! All right. Let's well, go. I'm gonna go get into my Knight Rider Viper super high tech Street Hawk car. Was it called Street Hawk? Street Hawk. Street Hawk. But Street Hawk is 80s. That's good cheese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Knight Rider. All right. So next week we have a very special surprise guest who you will hear next week. <laughs> okay. 
See you later. Uh, All right. God bless you, Producer Mike. I'm the non-homeless uh, Golden Voice comic geek. I'm going to go do some drugs. Yeah.